0: one. Ooh. Let's try that again. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Thank you. Hey, guys, can, can y'all turn down this monitor? It's like freaking out right now. Just cut it off or something. I don't know. Anyway, let's start our service this morning. I know we have a few more rolling in through the back, but hopefully our singing will guide them to their seats a little faster. Anyway, just kidding. We're going to start with uh, Love Lifted Me. If you guys want to stand and sing with us, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. Very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me, now safe am I. Love lifted me. Love lifted me when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. All my heart to him I give, ever to him I cling in his blessed presence live, ever his praises sing. Love so mighty and so true, merits my soul's best songs. Faithful loving service due to Him belongs. Love lifted me, love lifted me, when nothing else could help. help. Love Love lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me, when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. Soul's in danger, look above Jesus completely says He will lift you by His love Out of the angry waves He's the master of the sea Billows will obey He, your Savior, wants to be Be saved today Love lifted me Love lifted me When nothing else could help
1: Love lifted
0: me, love lifted me, love lifted me, when nothing else could have, love lifted me.
2: Praise the Lord, it's good seeing everybody this morning, it's a beautiful day outside, amen, it's already been great in Sunday school and I'm just looking forward to what he's going to do later here this morning as well. So let's all in one accord and take it to the Lord together. Father God, I just come before you this morning and just praise your name for allowing us to gather together in your house, to come together one with another as brothers and sisters in your name. Father, I just pray you open the gates of heaven and just pour out your anointing upon us this day. And may we be able to leave here today not just saying we went to church, but that we stood in the presence of our Heavenly Father. God, I pray for those that are here this morning, maybe dealing with things in their heart and in their life, God, may you just bring a peace about them to let them feel your presence and be able to lock the world outside and just feel your grace this day. And God, may you just, just may each one of us tangibly feel you in one way or another before we leave here this day. And God, I pray if there is someone here today that has not felt you, that someone that has never surrendered their heart to you, maybe it's pride, maybe it's knowledge, maybe whatever it was, may this be the day that they truly accept you as their Lord and Savior. Father, may every one of us leave this place today being able to say that you are Lord and Savior of our lives. Father, may your will be done in this house and your will be done amongst every church that's preaching your name, lifted up and glorified. Father, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. It's good seeing everybody this morning. Praise the Lord for each one of you. Walk around a second, give somebody a hug, shake their hand, something, but let them know it's good to see them in God's house this morning.
1: There's a long black train coming down the line, beating up the souls that are lost in crime, rails of sin only watch out brother for that long black train there's victory in the lord i'll say victory in the lord cling to the father and his holy name don't go riding on that long black find redemption it back into your eyes. There is protection and there's peace of saying, burning your ticket for that long black way There's victory in the Lord, I say, victory. That devil is waiting on your heart to say, Take me riding on that long black day. There's victory in the Lord, I say. Victory in the Lord. Cling to the Father in this holy name. Don't go riding on that long black Well, I can hear the whistle. Mile away, it sounds so good, but I must stay away. That train is a beauty, making everybody stare. Its only destination is the middle of nowhere. But there's victory in the Lord, I say, victory in the Lord. Cling to the Father in His home. Headlong long pledge yet it's victory in the Lord, I'll say, victory in the Lord, cling to the Father in His holy name, don't go riding on that long pledge Come around, they keep
2: telling me, amen, wow, we dropped at 36 in Sunday school this morning. Okay guys, as we gather to our seats, got quite a few announcements this morning. Thank you for that music, guys. As you probably realized already, tomorrow is our fall festival. I want to encourage you to, to come out and have a good time fellowshipping and sharing one with another. We're going to have hot dogs and nachos and food and candy and most of all, though, a good time. In Sunday school this morning, we talked about how we are to be the representatives of Christ. This is one of our greatest outreaches to the community and to the, to the surrounding community. So I want to encourage you to come out and enjoy the kids. Enjoy watching everything that's going to happen. Enjoy the, the fun we're going to have one with another. But most of all, as we're doing that, as we're enjoying ourselves, remember that we're representing Christ to a world, to a lot of folks that may not know who He is. Amen? So I want to encourage you to do that. If you can't be here tomorrow evening, that doesn't mean that you can't lift us up in prayer. Be praying for the workers. Be praying for the safety. We're going to have a, a, a petting zoo with a couple of mules, and those are four-legged ones we're talking about there. Uh, a, lot, a lot of things going on that we just pray for our safety, pray for the kids. Most of all, pray for the salvations, the hearts of people. And, and that maybe some will get changed tomorrow night. So keep it in your prayers if you will. That being said, there's still a few things that's needed. There's a list in your your bulletin. We we have been, praise God, the Lord has really blessed through you guys, and the candy is coming in, the toys is coming in for the tables. It's looking really good next door. Uh, We still could use a few more hamburger buns and, I mean, not hamburger, excuse me, hot dog buns and cakewalk stuff and things. But there's a list in there that you can uh, look over there. Also, too, we will be going after church today. Uh, Rod will be heading this up, so you can get with Rod. But we need to go load 50 bales of hay. If you would like to go and help uh, load hay so we can have all the hay back here for our hay ride and separation of the games, things of that nature, please get with Rod because he'll be going right after the service today to go pick that hay up in Lavernia. So he could use all the help that he can get uh, that that can help throw that hay. Also after the service today, if you were planning on going uh, Cal Dykeman's memorial service, will be down the street at River Oaks Baptist Church. Now, they're going to start eating at 1, and then I think I'm supposed to speak at 2. So the the service will be this afternoon following this service. So that's, hey, uh, okay. There's one more thing I want to mention. I'm going to turn it over to Corey. But one more thing I'd like to mention this morning is Mike and Melinda, next Saturday, has invited folks to come out from 4 to 10. You can get with Mike and Melinda. In fact, Mike and Melinda, hold your hand up so everybody can see you. Mike and Melinda back there is going to have an open house and would like to invite everyone from the church that would like to come out and just see their house and visit and things of that nature. Is going to be next Saturday from 4 to 10. So if you'd like to go, you want to get an address, how to get there, uh, tell them how you like your steak cooked, whatever it is, <laughs> get, get with them after the service this morning. Mike's looking at me like, yeah, what? <laughs> yes, sir? Oh, see, it's Buffalo Steak Friday. I mean, Saturday. <laughs> Amen. Okay, Corey, come on up, brother. Corey's got a couple of announcements he'd like to share with you this morning as well. Good morning. I just want to let you guys know we are actually in our last week of our coat winter clothes drive. Our goal was to hit 10 containers. We are currently at six containers. So if you guys have any coats, winter clothes, anywhere from infant all the way up to teenager... Uh, if you can bring them by next Sunday, I uh, will let you know the youth are ahead, four containers to two containers. So they're currently being the adults. Also tonight at 5 o'clock, we're going to have tryouts for our Christmas pageant. So if you guys are interested, just be here tonight at 5. Thank you. All right. Brother Brian, you want to come on up? And remember the Christmas play is, it's, you say, well, it's not even Thanksgiving yet. It's not that long when you got memorized lines. So come on out and try out this evening. I pray with you, brother? Father God, I just lift up my brother to you right now, and I just thank you that, that you have given him something to share with us this day, and may we hear your words through him, and bless his family for his willingness and diligence that's coming up, and God, may you just continue to use him in a mighty way. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank
3: you, brother. How are we doing tonight with all the stuff going on? Paul Fest and... Mm. hmm i get yeah Put on the spot. come up here and help yeah <laughs> we want to know now <laughs> no i su- you can pray about it while no, I,
2: I think sherry's probably right i suppose there won't be any bible study church this evening however there'll probably be where's carla is there going to be working going on up here okay so if you want to come and help get ready for fall festival that would probably be, a, would be... a wiser thing more wise thing. And you don't have to wait till six, Sherry said. (laughs) Amen. Mainly go help Rod throw hay. That's what I'm worried about.
3: This isn't really a scripture reading,
1: uh,
3: but but it has, it contains plenty of scripture in this reading, and it's a story. And it's a story that a friend of mine named Johnny Murphy wrote. He's one of the uh, leaders at RA camp, and uh, he's been there for I guess this year was his second or third year. Very godly fella. He's just uh, uh, and and very patient. And I wanted to read this. It's just an incident that happened at camp that he happened to be uh, involved with and how he handled it because I think he's better at it than I am. And we all need to uh, look at it. I tend to um, yell at kids when... Things get, I give up reasoning too early and start yelling. (laughs) I'll put it that way. Sometimes. Sorry about that, brother. (laughs) No, that's not sermon. You just did good. (laughs) You can preach, be like Johnny. (laughs) Don't be like Brian. Um, And this is kind of long, and I hope I can read good today. There it is. Um, On the last night of Royal Ambassador Camp after the bonfire service, when all the boys were supposed to be in their cabin, I found myself being tested as I treaded the near-silent, moonless camp to find a lost boy. Uh, Mixed amongst the joy of seeing God move in so many boys' lives was the fatigue and frustration of uh, being responsible for 20 rambunctious souls in my cabin. Uh, uh, My go-to verse... For the week was James 1, 19 and 20. Be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Amen. He was living this verse. Um, I was reminded myself to be slow to anger as I approached the gaga ball pit, uh, an octagonal, well, we know what it is. He says it's an octagonal close combat version of dodgeball. <laughs> It's like what we have out here. They have three of them at RA camp. As I turned the corner of the gift shop, I saw five silhouettes dive below the 30-inch side, sides of the gaga ball pit. I started to think about Hebrews twelve six, because the Lord disciplines those he loves. I was thinking I am about, <laughs> I'm about to give some verbal love to these uh, hide-and-seekers. As I looked down into the gaga, uh, into the pit, I see they are face down in the sand. The fact that they did not move or make a noise for a minute was quite impressive. Then I clicked on my flashlight, uh, and they had such shocked looks of being busted that I had to laugh. I asked their leader. I asked if their leader was here, and only one of the boys responded. Of course, that was the boy he was looking for. (laughs) He says, my lost boy, the missing lamb, uh, put on his shoes and headed back to our cabin. Uh, The others kept playing around. I told them they needed to head back to their cabin. Their play intensified. I was tempted to yell at them. I would have yelled at that point, I think. (laughs) And it goes on a long time here. I was tempted to yell at them, but uh, did not want to ruin my night. I was tempted to leave because I had accomplished my goal. I found my lost boy. <laughs> uh, the Lord convicted me that these sheep were important to him too. Uh, then the memory verse of the day popped into my head. Bad company corrupts good character, 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty-three. I asked the boys... Are you good company or bad company? Uh, The wisest of the four boys responded, good company. I responded with, great, then. You know what to do. He quickly stepped out of the pit and encouraged the others to leave. Uh, One boy, uh, the laughter, uh, did not move and just gave a... uh, I don't know what to do, laugh. Uh, another boy, the fool, laid down and started burying his arm in, with the sand. The cleverest of the boys asked me to repeat the question. Are you good company or bad company? Uh, with victory in his voice, he replied, bad company. <laughs> Whose character are you trying to corrupt was my response in my uh, in my head, I was celebrating my awesome response, but I was quickly humbled and dumbfounded. I waited thirty sec. Se- I waited thirty seconds go by. The clever guy started to help the fool with the burying uh, one more fool's body. Sixty seconds go by, and the wise one stands up, and laughter keeps laughing. Two minutes go by and I realize I just got my character I realize I just got my character that is being tested I started doubting thinking how slow to anger do I have to be <laughs> then the I, I would have I, I know I would have lost it before now probably that's why we got to be prayed up you know then the clever one says let's be good company, and all four leave for their cabin. Amen. I'm so grateful that last night that the last night of Royal Ambassador Camp was not about me scolding four young men. Uh, it became clear to me that they helped to sharpen me uh, to sharp, it, helped, it helped to sharpen me to sharpen them. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another, Proverbs 27, 17. Uh, and he goes on and puts a note to the uh, to volunteers in children's ministry, which is what all of us that are going to be involved in the Fall Fest tomorrow night are. It's not just children, it's adults too, but children in Christ. Uh, we're all volunteers. He says, a note to the volunteers and children's ministry. As I reflect... Uh, on my service at R.A. camp uh, and this event at the Gaga Ball Pit and the imagery of sharpening knives with a whetstone comes to mind. Uh, You volunteers are whetstones for Christ. All the children, dull to sharp, are the knives, God's tools. Never is a dull knife sharpened in just one pass upon a whetstone. Even the sharpest knife becomes dull, if not maintained. In one hand of God, he holds the stone, in the other hand, he holds the knife. Uh, Imagine the grating sound of the metal sliding across the stone. To the sharpener, that's a good sound. To us, it's not always a pleasant sound. Stand firm in God's word so that his tools may be sharpened with you. Praise God.
1: Amen.
3: Let's pray. Father God, I just, uh, I pray for, uh, for you to use us tomorrow night, God. And use us today too, Lord, to, uh, to uh, promote your perfect will, God, and to be your servants as we minister to this community. God, I pray that you would send people. Uh, Send the ones that you want to be here, God. And I pray that we will work in a way that will glorify you, God. Uh, Be with us as we worship you today, God. Uh, Bless every word that Frank tells us, God, and bless us in the ministry opportunities that we will have. And Lord, do forgive us when we fall short of what you would expect of us or what would be in your perfect will. And I pray these things in the holy, precious name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you.
0: Good stuff. Well, let's sing this morning. If you guys would like to rise and sing or sit, that's up to you. We're going to sing, Oh, How I Love Jesus, and a few more. There is a name I love to hear. I love to sing its word. It sounds like music to my ear. The sweetest name on earth. Died to set me free. It tells me of his precious blood, the sinner's birth. is what
1: Never alarmed at the overcast skies The master, master looks on and the
0: stride Living by faith Yes, living by faith In Jesus above In Jesus above Trusting, confiding trusting, confiding In His great in love In His great love From our arms safe, all I'm safe, in a sheltering arm, in a sheltering arm, I'm living by faith, I'm living by faith and feel no alarm, and feel no alarm. Our Lord, Lord will return to this earth some sweet day. But our troubles will then all be your Master, so gently will lead us away. On a blessed heavenly show living by faith yes, living by faith in Jesus above in Jesus above trusting confiding, trusting, confiding in, his in his great love from all I'm saying It is sheltering to me now in a sheltering of living by faith
1: And living by faith I feel no alone feel no one
0: You. Mm-hmm. God Almighty, was and is and this to come, with all creation I sing, praise to the King of kings, you are my everything, now I will adore you. Jesus, your your name is is power, red Red. and living water, such a marvelous marvelous mystery. To the King of Kings, you are my everything, and I will adore
2: you. Father God, I pray we will adore you in all things in Jesus' name. Amen. Give God the glory this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 4 and Matthew as well. We're going to be looking at Matthew 26. Mark 4 and Matthew 26. And there's many more examples I could use. but I'm going to just share a couple of those, Because especially in Mark chapter 4. That's a very important one that we'll be coming back to here momentarily. As most of you know, tomorrow is our fall festival. However, the world will call it Halloween or Sam Haines Day. And 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 the thought is that the world wants to make this a day about fear. If you've been watching the, any TV, you see commercials for Astro... Well, not Astro World, Six Flags. Aging myself there, I suppose. Uh, Six Flags for their scare nights and... Sea world for their scare nights and all the scary movies. And, and it's about fear. And the world would want to take a day and make it all about fear. But yet God does not give us a spirit of fear. He tells us we should live with a spirit of victory. And that's why at our fall festival tomorrow, we will have smiles. We'll have fun. We're going to have joy. We're going to do what Baptists do. We're going to eat. We're going to play. We're going to have a good time. One with another. And watch these kids have a good time. Celebrating The fall, celebrating the the coming of of winter isn't a bad thing. This is a time to celebrate one with another. In Mark chapter four, I want us to look at a couple of things about fear, and we're going to look at fear. The world wants us to live by fear, but should we? In Mark chapter four, starting in in verse or chapter four, verse forty, says this. Verse forty, Mark four, verse forty. Then he said to them, Why are you fearful? Why are you fearful? Do you still have no faith? Hmm. And if you look over just a little bit, I want us to look at another example in Matthew 26. In Matthew 26, we know this story well, but in verse 69 it says, Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. A servant approached him and said, You were with Jesus the Galilean too. But he denied it in front of everyone. I don't know what you're talking about. When he'd gone out to the gateway, another woman saw him. And told those who were there, this man was with Jesus, the Nazarene. And again, he denied it with an oath. I don't know this man. After a little while, those standing there approached and said to Peter, you certainly are one of them since your accent gives you away. And then he started to curse and to swear with an oath. I do not know this man. Immediately a rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the words Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went outside and he wept. Bitterly, Now, you may be saying, well, what do those passages of Scripture have to do with what we're talking about this morning? First of all, what is fear? There's three different kinds of fear that the, that the Scripture talks about. In, in Greek, the first one is eulabia, eulabia. And that kind of fear is what we would look at uh, to show reverence, the utmost respect. You could call it a godly fear. And that is a healthy fear. That is a good fear to have, that eulabia is, is a fear of God, to be able to, to revere him, to say said, no beyond any shadow of a doubt that he is whom he says he is. The next one is called phobia. Now, we hear it in English as phobia, but, but that one there, that is a healthy fear as well. This means to be, be, be seized with fear, to be struck or paralyzed by something. But we need that sometimes. In, in Luke chapter 1, verse 30, the angel, when he appears to Mary... He quickly tells her, the very first thing he says is don't have a phobia. Don't don't have a fear. Now, that right there, angels must be something to behold. Amen. Because every time the angel speaks in the scriptures, what are the first words? Don't be afraid. They they must be something incredible to behold. But he tells Mary, don't be afraid. This is a healthy fear. This is this is the kind of fear. It keeps us from jumping off buildings or jumping out in front of a car. We've, we, we've never done it before, but we know if I jump out in front of that car, that might not feel good. That, that's a healthy kind of fear to have. It's, it keeps us from doing insane things. It, it, it caused Mary, to, to, she was going to fear the angel, but the angel knew what, what, what was going to happen said, so, whoa, stop, don't go there. Matthew 14, When when Jesus is coming up to the disciples, he tells them, do not have a phobia, do not have a fear, because they thought he was a ghost. They were going to react. They were like, oh, no. God doesn't condemn them for that kind of fear. That kind of fear is normal. It keeps us from doing insane things. But the third kind of fear is called, called delaya, delaya. And delaya is a fear that is associated with timidity. It is a, a, a fear of cowardice, if you will. And that's the fear that God tells us we are not to live in. We should not live our lives cowardly. We should not live our lives as Christians with timidity. We should not live our lives afraid about what the world is going to bring against us. We should not live our lives afraid of what the world's going to say or what the world's going to do. Now you may say, well, what does that mean? Why should I worry about that? How can that kind of fear affect me in my day-to-day life? Why would it behoove me to try to, to, try to live my life without fear? It's very important to understand that that kind of fear will cause us to do things that we normally wouldn't do. It'll cause us to do things we're not proud of. In Genesis chapter 20, verse 1 through 20, you can read the story if you want to go back and read it sometime. But Abraham, Father Abraham, we sung the song, Father Abraham had many sons. He was the one that God gave the initial promise to. Here is a man that had full faith in God. But yet in in, in Genesis chapter 20, it says Abraham lies to the king. He knows he's not supposed to lie, but he lies to the king out of fear, Here's a godly man, but because he allowed his timidity to come through, he lies to the king. This is Father Abraham. Because he had fear in his heart, he did what he knew he should not have done. Matthew 26, what we just read. Peter, the man who said to the Lord, I'll fight for you, I'll defend you, I'll do everything for you. The loudest mouth, the the first one to up the hill, the first one to draw the sword, here is Peter. But when he's amongst the crowd, what does he do? He denies Christ three times out of fear of what the people are going to do around him. Here's a man that had lived with God, walked with God, that gave his spirit and said, I will do anything for you. But when he got afraid, when he allowed his timidity, when he allowed that cowardice to come forward, he did things he was not proud of. People do things to others. We tend to hurt other people when we're afraid. Throughout history, Fear has caused so many things. Fear of the unknown, fear of the unexplained. Uh, We we can take the the, the traditions of Halloween, the witch trials right here in this country, because we didn't understand a sickness or an illness or how the uh, meteorology worked. We would blame it on somebody because of our fear. Somebody had to pay. Throughout history, we didn't understand a different people group. They walked differently. They spoke differently. They did different things. And out of fear of difference... We would hurt one another. We would tear people apart. We would tear them down, if you will. In Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 4, God warns the Israelites, Esau's, uh, warns the people, Jacob's, uh, Esau's brother, Jacob, okay, thank you. I wanted to say Jacob, but, somebody did but he warned Jacob's people. He said, when you get out there, Esau's people are going to try to hurt you out of fear. They don't realize who you are. They don't know what you are. You've been gone so long that when you come back, be ready. They're going to hurt you, not because they just want to hurt you, because they have fear. Folks, fear causes us oftentimes to hurt those around us that we don't know. God desires that none should perish. No, not one. We should show the godly example of Christ to everyone around us. But if we live a life of timidity and fear, Instead of sharing the gospel, instead of courageously stepping out and being the hands and feet of God, instead of courageously stepping out and extending the message of Christ to other people, we'll, out of fear, allow them to burn in a devil's hell because we didn't want to share that gospel. Also, a life of fear will keep us from stepping out in faith. You know, if you've ever seen the, the play Julius Caesar, Act 3, Scene 2 has one of the greatest lines of any movie or play that I've ever read. And it's something that, that, that I, I read it when I was young. I loved it. I grabbed that, 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 that passage, if you will. It says, Cowards die many times before their death, but the valiant only die once. You hear that? Cowards die many times before their deaths, but the valiant only die once. Have you ever been too afraid to, to do something and then wish later on you had done it? That's one of those many deaths. Each time we quit believing in something because it got too serious, because it, it, it dragged out too long, it was taking too much time, fear gets involved, and later we realize if, if I had just did it, instead I died one of those deaths, I missed a chance to prove myself valiant, if I just kept praying, if I just kept trying, if I just trusted the Lord a little bit longer, if I just just not given up, Yes, it might have been taking some time. Yes, the relationship might have been getting serious. But I was getting afraid. I didn't know where it was going to head. Therefore, I gave up and somebody else, God used somebody else to come in and win that victory that could have been mine. How many times have we quit believing in something just because it took too long? Believing in yourself is one thing. But how many times have we quit believing in, our, in a relative? That, that person we were praying for and finally we just wrote them off. Or or even maybe even one of our children. We keep on praying for them and praying for them. And finally we just say, you know, this is just taking too long. And we give up and walk away. And then something happens and that child goes on to be with the Lord. Or that relative goes on to be with the Lord. And you stop and say, if I'd just tried a little harder. If I'd gone just a little bit further. Maybe I could have won that victory. But instead, I got afraid of what was going on around me. And I gave up. Fear causes us to to not step out on faith. It causes us to throw in the towel. It causes us to give up so many times. Because something's taking longer than we think it should take, we get afraid and start thinking, well, maybe God just doesn't care. Maybe God doesn't want me to do this anymore. And rather than just continuing the fight, we give up. Or the world will say, well, that can't happen anyway. They're a lost cause. Just walk away from it. But Jesus is saying, keep on praying. Keep on knocking. What would have happened in Second Kings 6 if Elisha had listened to the people? The axe head. He may, he looked to the axe head and the axe head floated. Now, I don't know about you, but it would be hard for me to make an axe head float. But Elisha knew that God told him to do it and he didn't get afraid of going over there and telling that axe head to float. He just spoke it. First Samuel 17. Where would we be today if, if David had been afraid to step out there and face Goliath? The rest of the people were running. They were scared of Goliath. They, they didn't want anything to do with him. To them, it, it, they wouldn't have blamed David for running. They wouldn't have blamed David for not standing up against this giant. But instead, that David looked around and saw all this cowardlessness, all this timidity, but David said, but I serve the Most High God. I serve a God that does not give me a spirit of fear. He gives me a spirit of victory. And I'm going out there. David goes out, not in the name of David, but in the name of the Lord. No one would have blamed him for running but if he had, we would not have been given the the opportunity to see God glorified. We would not have been given the opportunity to to see the example of true faith that David had in God. Folks, because David did not allow fear to run his life, he allowed God to run his life. He stepped out there in that ring with Goliath, and we know the rest of the story. And it's an example of how we can live on a day-to-day basis as well. We have not been called to live in a spirit of fear. I don't care what Hollywood says. I don't care what the the newscasters and scientists say. There's a show that came on. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. I haven't watched any of it, but just the concept, the ten, the ten ways of apocalypse. I think it's called, and it's got everything from one of the ways is UFO invasion to to something else. Such ridiculous topics. Who cares? I'm living today and I serve a mighty God. I don't have to be afraid about tomorrow because my God's with me right now. If he chooses to come tomorrow, praise God. If he doesn't, guess what? He's still God. I don't have to be afraid, even if the UFOs do come. If somebody decides to launch the nuclear button, guess what? My God is still God. I don't have to live with fear and timidity. I can live with victory and praise his name on a daily basis. So the question becomes, how can I conquer my fear? We need to find out what's causing it because oftentimes we're opening the door to it. Every one of us has different levels of of tolerance for fear-inducing movies and and books and TV shows and etc. And if we know that that is is causing us to be fearful, if we know it's causing us not to want to go out at night or whatever the, the, the thing may be, then we need to stop it, get rid of it, and then put something in that void it says that things will return ten times, seven times fold with something in that void. You know how we can truly live courageously? Get rid of the junk and put God's word into your mind. Fill that space with God's promises. The promises that, that of, of how he has already fulfilled prophecy. Replace that void with scripture. Maybe you've experienced something in your past, a failure of believing. Something happened in your past that you you, you just were afraid that he wasn't going to do what he said he was going to do. That's a lack of Scripture, folks. It is then that we need to stop. Look into the Bible. Look at the promises that have been fulfilled. Look at the prophecies that have already been fulfilled. Look at the promises that are being fulfilled right now before our eyes. Then we can see that God is not only whom He said He was, but that He's going to do what He said He would do. And if I know that, and I see that, and I realize that, then I will realize He will do it today and tomorrow as well. To conquer fear, guys... We must trust God. That's what it all comes down to. We have to trust Him. If we don't want fear in our lives, then we need to trust Him. That He is going to do what He said He would do. That He's going to say what He said He would say. What did He say in Mark 4? When He looked at the disciples, He said, why do you fear? And then what did He back that up with? Do you still have no faith? Why do you fear? Do you still have no faith? This implies that fear dissipates faith but faith dissipates fear if we want to live a life without fear then that means we replace that fear with faith and faith comes from knowing god's word if we want to live a life of victory we can't just go to church on sunday morning and get our card punched and say that everything's okay you really want to live a life without fear that means taking the word of god hiding it in our heart and in our mind so not only will we not sin against him, as the psalmist says, but so that I can walk a life of victory. You want to be able to hold your head high? I had somebody tell me this a couple of weeks ago, well, but, you, but you're just one of those people that are not afraid of anything. I'm afraid of things just like anybody else is. I choose to put the fear on the back because my God's bigger than it. I choose to, to walk a life and walk a... a In a fashion that I don't have to be afraid, because even if you was the the Lord, if somebody shot me where I had to go home today, you know what? My Lord ordained it, and I'm doing exactly what I was supposed to do. I can be what God called me to be, not because Frank is something super, but because I've hidden His Word in my heart, and I know that if God be for me, as the Scripture says, then who dares be against me? If I'm doing what God has called me to do, then I can walk out there without fear. I can go where I need to go. When I internalize His Word, if you want to live a life without fear, internalize His Word. You may say, well, I don't remember well. I, I don't have a good memory. Write it down. Take the front page of one of your Bibles and just write down those Scriptures so that you can open it real quickly and start reading those Scriptures. Because when we take those promised scriptures, those prophetical scriptures, and see what God has already done and what he is doing, and start reading over those, not only will we be able to walk without fear, but he'll start putting our lives in perspective. So many times I think we get afraid of losing our stuff. Well, I can't act this way at work because they may give me a pay cut, or they may get angry with me and I might lose my job, or I can't act this way or that way because If I continue to live as a Christian here, I might not get the business that I need for this or for that. Folks, we don't need to worry about our stuff. God has final say, absolute final say over where it goes, who has it, what happens to it. Job said, naked I came into this world and naked I'll go out. Whatever our stuff is, is God's stuff anyway. And your body... To be absent from the bodies, to be present with Christ. I understand it's easier to say up here in a nice air-conditioned building with friends and family all around me. But I would pray that we need to remember that regardless of what transpires in this world, they may be someone may be able to hurt your physical body, but only so much, and then God's going to bring you home. And to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord, to be standing in His presence, not hurting any longer, not worrying about it any longer. Our 60, 70, 80, 100 years we have on this earth is nothing compared to eternity. If we want to live a life without fear, then we need to remember those scriptures. If God be for me, then who can be against me? And if I think of that, then I can stand courageously. Regardless of what the world may be wanting to do, If I know that I know that I know, God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And he told me to put on the armor of God every day. I put on that full armor of God and there's nothing on the back. Why? Because my God said, he'll never leave me nor forsake me. He's standing right there. If I know that and I can quote that and I can talk about those promises and I can talk about those pieces of the armor and I do that before I step out into the world... I will not live with timidity and cowardice. I will live knowing that my commander, my Lord, my Savior, my Jesus has already ordained me for victory. It's not about not having a phobia. It's about not being cowardly. John Wayne said that, that, that fear is normal in every man, but being courageous means getting on your horse and riding out anyways. And that is so incredibly true. We may have fears, phobias, But the the true knowledge of Jesus Christ is going to give me the courage to get on my horse and ride out to whatever it is that God has ordained for me anyway and do what God has called me to do. I don't have to live in fear. I don't have to live this way at Halloween or Sam Sam Hines Day or the Midsummer's Eve or, or Winter's Eve or whatever you want to call it. I don't have to live in fear because he who is not of this world is bigger than he who is of this world. And that's who my Lord is. You want to live with victory, then you need to find out those Scriptures. Find those Scriptures that speak to fear. Write them down, and plant them into your heart and your mind, but move them into where you can see them. Start remembering, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. I know that I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. I know that if God be for me, then none be against me. Folks, fear and Scripture, listen to this now, fear and Scripture will have a difficult time coexisting. Fear and Scripture is going to have a hard time being in the same person at the same time. Why? Because if I am living on the victory of this word, God said the world's a scary place, the phobia. But be of good cheer, for I have won the victory. He said you may have that phobia, but don't be cowardly. Why? Because I have already won the victory. It comes down to one thing, folks, and and, and I hope this does step on your toes just a little bit. You really want to live a life without fear? It comes down to one thing. How much do you trust Jesus Christ? How much do we trust Jesus Christ? Of course, he deserves all trust, infinitely. But realistically, how far, how long, if you will, do you believe before you get afraid and lean on that arm of flesh or throw in the towel? How long will you stay praying for what you know you should be praying for? How long will you stay engaged before you give up and throw in? How long before you let fear take over? You know, author Stephen King had hundreds of rejection slips. I just read a book a little while back, How to Write by Stephen King. But anyway, he had hundreds of rejection slips before his first story ever got published. Now he has 200 million copies in print, 22 of which have become movies. Michael Jordan was told that he would never be good enough to play in the NBA. But yet now he's considered one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Why were they able to do what they were able to do? Because they never gave up. Folks, as Christians, those were just men doing, doing worldly things. As Christians, not only has God given us the wherewithal not to give up, but he who has won the victory said, I will move into your heart. I will make you a new creation. I will supplant the old man with a new man, and you can have victory. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, if you truly trust Him and you believe that, if you truly believe this morning that you are a son or daughter of the King of all glory, the Creator, the Savior, the One who died, defeated death, hell, and the grave, and rose again, the only thing that we really have to fear on this earth is death. And if death has been conquered, and you trust the Lord that has that He has conquered it. Why in the world would we live our life in fear? We should hold our head up high on a daily basis. Not self-righteously, because nothing's by me, but because of the Lord who's within me. You may say, well, 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 Pastor, what if it doesn't work? Is that from God? Is that question, do you think God put that in your mind? No. That's the world trying to make you doubt him. The question comes down how much do you trust Jesus Christ? How much do you trust who he said he was? We have been called to be warriors for Christ. And not only have we been called to be warriors, he said, I've won the victory. It's all laid out. Where do we get our courage? From ourselves? No. From faith. From trusting in Jesus. The question this morning is fairly simple. Do you want to put fear away in your life? And if you do, then the question would be, have you truly trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And I, 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 I say that question every Sunday. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? But this morning, I pray that this isn't just a vain repetition that you're hearing. Okay, we're at the end of the sermon, so now it's, uh, let's start thinking about lunch. No, 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 no. I want you to actively engage your mind around that question this morning. Have I truly accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior? Or did I just say a prayer one day? Have I truly accepted and trust him fully? Or have I just been playing the religious game? If you've never accepted Jesus Christ in your Lord, I mean in your heart, then he wants to be your Lord today. And if you truly surrender your pride and your heart to him, he will move in your life. But if you're here this morning and maybe you're, you've said, you know, I accepted him many, many years ago. But you realize you're still living a life of fear, then you need to stop. Just because you prayed the prayer, was it real? And if it was real, why won't you trust him fully? We don't have to be afraid, folks. This election coming up, that's probably the closest thing that I have, seemed to make me afraid in a long time. But even then, regardless of whoever gets in office, bottom line, they can't do anything that my God does not allow. Therefore, I can stand with my head high, I can pray on a daily basis, and before I I punch those numbers, I can pray, God, what would you have me to do? Not what the world says, what would you have me to do? As long as I do what the Lord tells me to do, I don't have to walk out of that voting booth scared and afraid. So many Christians come to me and tell me how afraid they are of what Hillary's going to do or how afraid they are of what, what uh, what's it say? Trump's going to do. I'm more afraid of what other people in the rest of the world's going to do, to be quite honest with you. But you know what? I don't have to live in fear and hide in my house. I can get up every day and go outside and say, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I think we get a little arrogant as Americans thinking that our election is the top thing in the world. My God is the top thing in the world. and that's what I want to make right. Where's your trust? Are you fully trusting in him? Because if so, this election's in his hands. Your life is in his hands. This world is in his hands. In fact, this world's but a footstool to my savior. Why live in fear? Tomorrow, when, they, when the world be holler, is going to be hollering, Halloween, be afraid. Look at my scary costumes. But yeah, that looks a little scary, but look at mine. The love of Jesus Christ outdoes yours every time. Where are you this morning? Again, if you don't know Jesus, your Lord and Savior, make that happen today. Choose life. And it's not a magical prayer. You're Right where you're at, you can just surrender your heart to Him. Just like Dakota did last Sunday. Praise God for her willingness to open her heart to the Lord. You could do the same today. If you're here and you say, I've known the Lord, but I just haven't trusted Him. You know the great thing is, He still loves you. And He's saying, if you will open the door, let me come fully in, I'll fellowship with you. Where are you this morning? Let's all stand. I want us to pray. This altar be open. You can pray right where you're at. You can come to this altar. I'll pray with you. Let's get our life straight with the Lord. In Mark 4, what did he say? Why are you still afraid? Do you have no faith? You want to live a life without fear? Then build a faith in Jesus Christ. How do you build faith in Jesus Christ? By hearing and reading his word. By reading and hearing his word, you know what happens? You start to trust the Lord. And when you trust him, it's not about who you are anymore, it's about what he is. And you can walk every day a mighty man or woman for Christ. It's your decision. Your decision. You can leave out of here today choosing to walk in fear, or you can choose to leave out of here today with your head held high and walk in victory. It's your decision. Can't blame it on the world. Can't blame it on the bill collectors. Can't blame it on the doctors. Can't even blame it on your children. You can be victorious through the blood of Jesus Christ. Your choice. Father God, I just come before you right now and just lift up this congregation to you and ask in the name of Jesus that if you have touched someone here today that realizes that they have been living in fear, medical, financial, relational, Maybe about this election. Maybe about the world in general. Maybe they're looking for the apocalypse to come today. God, there are so many things that are coming together to see the Gog and Magog come together, just as it says in Revelation. There are so many things that are happening to where I can see the end of days approaching. But it's not something for me to look at and fear. It's to look at and know that just as you said it would be, it it will be. God, help us to understand that. Guide the hearts of each one of your people as they choose how they live their life The rest of the, from this point forward. Do they trust you or do they not? Do we trust you or do we not? God, we lay it all in your hands. Take away our fear and may thy will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As we sing this morning, if God is speaking to you, will you step out and let him... Do what he needs to do in your life. Let's not live in fear. Guys, as Christians, we don't have to. And it's not that Frank's some kind of super bold guy thing. It's Jesus Christ and him alone. And he's just as powerful in you if you'll let him.
0: So